0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Mercatus' podcast and I guess now video series Digital Grocer. It's episode 37, season four, and this is really exciting. And I am, as usual, joined by my faithful host. I'm not sure why I use the word faithful, but, anyways, <laughs> Mark Fairhurst. Yep.
1: Have i given you reason to think I'm not.
0: No, I don't know. I don't know. So I apologize for using that word, but you are Mercatus's VP of marketing and you are, I think, stashed in the safety of your, your home bunker. Is that right?
1: I am. I am, but I'm disguising it through uh, electronic means.
0: <laughs> I think we, I don't, I don't, my home office doesn't have a brick wall behind me.
2: <laughs> that's that's. be No, but it's cool. I like. Okay.
0: Yeah, this is new. So so Mark, I, I want you to kind of let people know yeah. all this crazy new new stuff that we're doing. Well, I think this is amazing.
1: Yeah we um, you know the response to what we you know originally started out as an experiment has been huge um, to put it mildly. And I'd like to think that we really kicked off a trend in the grocery space because it seems like everybody now has a podcast. So knowing uh, knowing how competitive we are, we've decided to amp it up a little bit, take it to 11 and add in uh, add in video and uh, as part of that um, you know we decided to build on the brand of the digital grocer. So we developed a new website uh, digitalgrocer.com. so our content is a little easier to find yeah um, you know and we've developed our own YouTube channel so if we love it for people, who are listening our audience to subscribe like review um hit the bell for notifications for when you know there's a new show posted and uh provide us comments you know thumbs up thumbs down what you don't like what you do like
0: yeah that's just, exciting yeah and we you guys did it in record time
1: yeah this was a little project over the you know, last few summer months and you know a little more difficult because we're all working from home still yeah. so it's uh yeah, but we had. I have a great team and some great uh, external resources we can, we can tap. So it's, uh, we're excited. This is this is going to be fun.
0: Yeah, this is really great. So, since the last time that we recorded, a lot has happened in the industry, and we, you know, I think you and I know we did a webinar for um, our friends over at Brick Meets Click, and uh, the results that we co-published out in the industry for the month of June were just amazing. So grocery e-commerce sales hit seven point two billion and that's in that's in u s dollars that's six hundred million more than the previous month Mark any sense what the prediction may be for for the month of july
1: yeah that's that's a great that's a great question um actually, I was talking to uh, our friend David Bishop over at brick Meets Click yesterday mm-hmm and uh, they're producing another research report with our with our help uh, which will be coming out next week actually uh david has been seeing what he's calling normalization
0: mm-hmm. basically
1: the dawn of the new normal right uh monthly sales are off a little bit from the high
0: mm-hmm.
1: but still very much up from pre-covid um which, sh- which is showing two things i think i think the uh you know, the regional effect of shelter in place or Mm -hmm. people feeling they need to shelter in place and therefore, you know, use online grocery, but also built, there's there's building in of that habit. You know, once you, once you try something three times, you sort of start to develop that experience and a preference for it.
0: Yeah. That's it. It's interesting that you say that because one of the things that I I was pouring through our data yesterday, and and I think most people don't know this. We actually pull in a lot of transactional data in our tableau infrastructure. So that gives us kind of this really interesting opportunity to kind of slice and dice the data. And we are seeing in some cases in um, less affected coastal areas where sales have on a weekly basis probably started to decline two to five percent, but they are still much higher than they were, you know, call it pre-March 11th. There are certain areas in the country though. That, in fact, what's interesting is the numbers have remained cons- consistently high and we're not seeing a decline. And part of me wonders if this is an opportunity for us to take some of this data and overlay it against uh, the net new COVID cases on a state-by-state basis. I mean, food for thought, I think that'd be kind of interesting to, to look at.
1: Yeah. I mean, the great thing, we do have, through the benefit of our retail clients, we do have that national view mm-hmm. in the U.S. That's right. So it's, uh, that's a that's a great exercise and uh, something that um, I, I'll definitely look into.
0: Now, Mark, we're we're launching mid September a really important report. Do you is is it okay to talk about this report now or?
1: Yeah, yeah let's let's do it. Let's do it. You've seen you've seen some the preliminary analysis. Mm-hmm. Um, just just to give the audience some some context we engaged with uh, a research firm incisive uh, led by some some great guys a former uh, team over at ekn which used to be owned by ensemble group um, they commission we commissioned them to do a research report through our retailers shoppers uh, really to understand the preferences and behavior compared to pre-covid during covid and then um, Post uh, shelter-in-place orders, Mm -hmm. and what what we're seeing, um, first of all, the response rate. We had over sixty thousand responses from across the U.S. We developed over forty-eight million data points. Wow! So this this, and I asked the folks. I said, um, "Is this on a scale that you've seen before?" And and their feedback is they, they to their knowledge, they have never seen a survey of of this size and magnitude, and statistical significance as a result. Um, so the insights coming from it will be, you know, dare I say, definitive. I'm sure someone's always going to find a, an angle to, to, to take that is contrarian, but it's, it's going to be significant in terms of gauging where the U.S. grocery shopping public is uh, currently and where they're going.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The aggregate report that was prepared is that I had the chance to to kind of go through and and provide some some thoughts and ideas on how we can leverage some of the findings is just amazing because you're now able to contrast what's happening on the west coast, what's happening in the south of the United States or in the east coast or in in, in the Midwest. Midwest yeah and that's you know that's interesting when you're a if you're a retailer and you're trying to make a business decision at least it's an informed decision. More than anything,
1: hundred percent, yeah, and it's it's, it's coming out um, the week of September fifteenth.
0: That's great. That's great. Yep. Well, that's great work to the team at Incisive and certainly to to your team, Mark. So big news, uh, DoorDash jumped into on-demand grocery delivery, and I, Mark, I'm curious your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah, they did it in a big way. So they um, they're. Not only did they jump into grocery, but they also announced their own direct-to-consumer grocery convenience um, option as well. um, It's—I think it's from our perspective—it's good to have choice in the market. Yeah, I think to have another grocery last-mile delivery provider is a good thing for retailers. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, DoorDash has a very different model than Instacart. That's right. DoorDash doesn't mind being the white-label delivery platform. Um, and they're flexible in that in that regard, whereas um, you know Instacart's been a little more focused on the marketplace and keeping their relationship uh, primary between them and in the, in the in the shopper.
0: Yeah, it's I find it I find it interesting. Like it's really ballsy of DoorDash to open up kind of a virtual you know convenience store for for consumers to take advantage to because I and 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 I'm sure retailers. Grocery retailers don't really care because they don't want their customers, anyways, using their stores as convenience stores because you know the margins aren't margins are tight enough. You don't want people just cherry picking you know low margin items off the shelf. But I got to think for some of the other um, customers, Doordash could be going after it. I'm sure them they must think it's a bit of a conflict.
1: Yeah, like the 7-Elevens of the world. Yeah. Um, you know the the Wawas. You know those those types of. Convenience chains, um, I think they got to be concerned.
0: Yeah, well, we're excited at Mercatus to be doing an integration with the team over at DoorDash. And I think that, you know, the more choices that we can bring into our network of retailers in terms of last mile delivery just makes a tremendous amount of sense uh, in any case. So, you know, we're really excited to, to be doing that. So, also in Canada, we never talk about our home country. This is uh, some big news. So, at the <laughs> end, I know we're laughing and chuckling. You know, we are patriotic. <laughs> don't 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 get me wrong. Yeah. I celebrate what? both holidays, right? What's that, Mark? Which
1: which holidays? Christmas and New Year's.
0: Christmas, and I I I've been to the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade in New York. Yeah. yeah. And I celebrate the Independence Day. I, I celebrate Canada Day. Which only like lasts an hour, anyways. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, so in in Canada at the end of June, Sobeys launched the Voila, their yep. um, e-commerce solution with home delivery, and and that was done in partnership with Ocado. Yep. And that's and it's listen. I got to tell you, you know, we wrote about this. There was a piece that was just recently published in Winsight uh, Magazine. Um, I took the opportunity to really step back, research what they were doing, how they did it, um, and then bought a bunch of, probably bought too many groceries, had them delivered, got into the delivery truck. They let me in. I couldn't take pictures, but, um, and it it was, it's kind of interesting. It's reality is, is the investment Sobeys is making, and, and most people may not know this, they are building for CFCs. So, customer what they call customer fulfillment centers. The first one is in Vaughan, Ontario. It's just north of of Toronto proper. That first CFC is 396,000 square feet, probably around, it has 1,500 employees, roughly maybe 1,100 robots, 39,000 SKUs being sold online. The total of these four CFCs, the second one is being built On the West Island of Montreal, and the other two are going to be Calgary and Vancouver, will give Sobeys the capability of actually uh, servicing 75% of the Canadian population. That's impressive.
1: Yeah, and it's it's brilliant. I mean, uh, after you told me your experience, I tried it. And I got to the customer experience angle of this. Yeah. These these guys, they've, they've won it hands down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I think the the thing that they're doing differently, Sobeys.com is a different digital property versus voila.ca. Mm-hmm. And the the experience on voila.ca whether it's you go on on the mobile app or w- on the website, it's very utilitarian. In the sense that it's not a Swiss Army knife like you there isn't a there isn't a blade or a tool to do, you know, 75 different things. This only does e-commerce and it does it really well. There's a couple of things that are nagging, you know, and I, I didn't write them about them in the article, but they do auto correct inside the search. So if you, if you write baby bok choy, it, your, first of all, your browser and I use uh, Safari on a Mac, it kind of overrides everything and it's now it's searching for baby bok boy. Which is, it's you know, I'm sure grocers don't don't sell that stuff, right? But it's just kind of those little things. I know they're kind of they're tweaking, but I was I built an order of 21 items under six minutes, and it wasn't just random items. I had them written down on on a piece of paper. So you know, kudos to them. I think this is going to fire up uh, the Canadian uh, grocery e-commerce wars, and we've not yet seen here I mean w- what Amazon's going to do. Right. No you right. can't. You can order some items on amazon.ca but not like you can you no know, Amazon Fresh is not available to us yet. So it'll be interesting to see if Amazon thinks there's an opportunity to to enter the space. I think my 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 only feedback to to Sobies was I think that they built this experience that's all about the CFC, so delivery trucks. I think they have to start thinking other parts of Canada where they're not servicing, and I know they're going to do this in Nova Scotia. How do right. you jam in and click and collect? How do you jam in curbside?
1: I mean, to your to your point, I mean, we've always been advocating it's it's experiment, and don't close the door on one right. solution uh, at the expense of another.
0: Well, it's not a one size fits all, I and mean, we think our research has right. proven. I mean, if if you look in in, in L A, for example, you know, versus the rest of parts of the other, uh, I would say other states. And I wouldn't say it's not not uh, ubiquitous across the country, but delivery far outranks click and collect by at least ten basis points.
1: And our in our data in the report that we're we'll be sharing shows that.
0: Yeah. First is if you go into into parts of the south where uh, people are more predisposed to actually wanting uh, to use curbside. And even at the height of the pandemic in, in the US, um, the increase in wanting to use uh, delivery was marginal at best. So I think I think if you're a retailer, and not only do you have to worry about operationalizing so many different things, I think you you just can't put all your eggs in that one basket. I think that's that's the reality of it. and also in 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 the news, Walmart announced on August eighteenth their q two numbers. And the one standout was their e-commerce sales grew by ninety seven percent. That is, astonishing to say the least specifically for walmart and i i my gut's telling me you know they're crushing it and they recently announced walmart plus which is their you know you can call it their membership which a competitor to amazon prime and so on i think the biggest news that also came out was the partnership with instacart where that
1: was that that was um that certainly got a lot of attention yeah it It, did not necessarily in in the in the best way
0: no and uh no not amongst not amongst the community retailers for sure now they ended up um they're piloting i think in in four areas over in california and i think they're doing somewhere in the midwest i mean yeah i think it was tulsa tulsa yeah in oklahoma and so this should be quite interesting in terms of where where could this partnership lead, and we just don't know. Now, you know the thing that we do so well on this on this uh, video series podcast video cat I'm not sure what to call it, or I'll just say what we do so well on digital Grocer That's
1: right. Is
0: yes, it's okay. I'm showing the social channels right now, just below you and I. <laughs> And uh, what we do so well here on uh, Digital Grocer is we bring the experts to the table, right?
1: And we've been fortunate to have some great, great guests.
0: Yeah, and we we haven't spoken to this guest since we recorded with him in studio in Manhattan. Um, he is a very smart individual, and I think you guys will will recognize just by the description. Uh, he's a strategic e-commerce consultant, CEO, and founder of RMW Commerce, and by far an extremely brilliant strategist. And I want to welcome to the show Rick Watson.
2: Thanks so much, Sylvain and Mark. Uh, I appreciate you having me back on. I- I'm wondering if if the expert guest will join us soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, you're too you're too modest. You're too modest. So
1: you're on. You're on LinkedIn all the time. Great thoughts, great great insights. Appreciate it. Yeah, no, I you know
0: you certainly know how to leverage the power of LinkedIn versus me who just gets people wanting to sell me consulting time and <laughs> cheap labor overseas. I, I'm not sure what That's to sad. do anymore. Yeah. So, hey, Rick, I'm really curious. What are your thoughts on this whole pilot between Walmart and Instacart?
2: Yeah, I, I'm, I have two thoughts regarding this pilot. Uh, the first, the, the, my gut reaction is to feel bad for Walmart a little bit. Um, and I, if you look at, you know, you know, even if you do some preliminary research, Instacart has pulled ahead of Walmart in online grocery um, just in the last few months. And so you can't help but wonder if this is a response to that. Uh, in, in some way that they feel like they're losing ground and they need to um, get more exposure, especially if they feel Amazon on their heels. Um, so that's that's kind of one. Second is I, I think th- the, the other thing that could be happening is that um, Walmart feels it can't keep up with Amazon's digital investments, you know. If you look at, so okay, what would Amazon do in this situation? First of all, never go on Instacart. You're never going to see them in a million years on Instacart. But what, what about Walmart would make them want to go on that would make Amazon not want to go on? And what does that say about their long-term position in the space? Um, generally, it doesn't say good things. Um, and I think um, probably the only other final point I would have about this is is there a is there an angle where walmart is is testing it to gain data right and and just using it for their own competitive intelligence it's not something they plan to continue but instacarts can't say no and walmart learns something in which case walmart actually has the upper hand here um, yeah. So that's the other scenario we can probably dive into.
0: Yeah. I think you, so you touched on something for sure. I mean, Mark and I have been discussing two things. One could Walmart leverage the Instacart marketplace to, to its advantage to further, you know, look at it this way. The prices that they upload to the, to the Instacart marketplace could be considerably lower than everyone else. So that's a significant advantage. So that that could be stealing uh, market share through through the, the marketplace. That's that's number one. Number two, I think the reality is right now Instacart is the only opportunity for Walmart to scale its delivery service immediately. And I think Instacart is the backbone for Walmart Plus in the long run and go ahead mark it's a,
1: that's yeah, a, bold it's a density issue i right? think it is a
0: density compete. issue
1: they can't compete with amazon on uh, especially if you look at the markets that they're in in southern california they can't compete with amazon on root density so um if they're going to make a play for that market mm. who better than instacart
0: yeah yeah. And, I, and I've heard, I've seen the speculation in the market about, well, could Walmart acquire Instacart? But what are you, what are you acquiring? Like, yeah, you're acquiring the, the technology, the base of, of gig workers and so on. But the reality is evaluation based on what? Because the reality, the, I think what's, what's going to happen is the retailers that are currently on Instacart would start delisting. So you're losing revenue right now. And maybe Walmart doesn't care about that if they were to contemplate contemplate an acquisition, but I, I, I get concerned for the, for the retailers that compete against Walmart that suddenly you're on a platform, you have zero control, zero differentiation and price becomes the key differentiator potentially. And we've seen the studies that were published by Barclays. Um, I think this was in 2018, 2019, um, and the brand loyalty from the consumer to the retailer doesn't exist in the marketplace. It's really all fundamentally about the Instacart brand. What are you what are your thoughts, Rick, on Walmart Plus? I'm kinda curious. Do you is this is this a competitor to Amazon Prime?
2: I I, I think look there are a lot of people that are Walmart shoppers that aren't going anywhere and they aren't going to do most of their shopping online. Um, They are Target has shown that you can definitely have people pick up on the store. They fulfill about 90% of their online orders from their stores. Uh, I I don't know what Walmart's numbers is for those same effects. So it's kind of a no brainer. Like how, how do, how do we get to 2020 and Walmart not have a unified loyalty program you know, the biggest Prime. retailer in the world. It makes no sense. So th- that that's that's kind of where I start from. Um, as two weeks ago, I knew the numbers of how many Amazon Prime households are the top, you know, percentage of Walmart families, and the number is increasing quite a bit. Wow! You know, it's it's you know it's like thirty forty percent of the top Walmart spending families are also Amazon Prime okay. members. So they, they definitely feel that threat. I'm not sure it's a replacement. I think you're going to have both, um, particularly in the affluent shoppers, which is the, one, the ones that everyone's shopping for. No one's going to balk over spending another $80 a year if you're a frequent Walmart shopper. Yeah. Um, but you're probably also going to buy on Amazon. Um, so that, that's kind of where I start from on this.
0: Yeah, I think the big hook for Walmart Plus is the fact that they're they're kicking in a fuel rewards program where you get five cents off every gallon. I mean, I did a quick calculation uh, yesterday evening. So if you if your car has a sixteen gallon tank and the average cost of a gallon is three dollars and eighty five cents, and say you save five cents, uh, and if you gas up once a week, you'll pay for half of your membership in one year. I think the economics kind of just makes sense. Yeah, you know, yeah, so I don't
2: know their gas rates. Similar to, I mean, Sands Club and and BJ's and mm. all, all these other warehouse clubs also have gas gas programs as well. So it'll be interesting to see if if that changes usage there or, um, or not.
0: So what are, Rick? What are you hearing from retailers through the pandemic right now? I mean, to me, it seems like a hodgepodge of. People are not doubling down on strategy. It's just like, you know, let's just keep the doors open and no one's taking the opportunity to reinvent themselves. What are you seeing out there?
2: Um, I, I do see I do see some signs that some retailers are looking to leverage online channels, not necessarily make it core to what they're doing. Um, for instance, there are a lot of brands that drop ship for major department stores everywhere. Um, or and, and then but there are many that don't. They don't drop shipping is, is a foreign concept. Uh, and when you can't sell and wholesale is really their business, that's the mindset of the CEO on everyone on down, everyone in the merchandising team, wholesale, wholesale, wholesale. You know, because online is what maybe five percent of their sales or eight percent of their sales. All these people um, suddenly had like twelve dropship projects on their roadmap overnight. Wow. <laughs> And so a lot of these brands are scrambling to keep up uh, with, with that roadmap and to get good at something that they've never had to get good at before, which is fulfilling uh, directly to consumers uh, in each's. Uh And yeah. so I, I wouldn't call that digital transformation by, by any stretch. Um, and, and in fact, you might call it the opposite. Like they were forced to do something while revenue was zero, literally zero yeah. for at least a month. Um, in in retail uh, for for wholesale buys, and what else are they going to do? But it doesn't change fundamentally the organization. You're not going to redo any IT systems in in three months, no. particularly the older older ones. Uh, and and so um, we we definitely do see the importance of direct consumer increasing, um, but. It's still slower than you would think, even even with the acceleration in the pandemic of buyer behavior.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the next, the next six to 12 months are going to be even more interesting. And I think we're going to continue seeing dynamic changes in the marketplace. I think players that are there today are, are no longer going to be. I mean, we're seeing that in the grocery retail industry with, uh, I think it was Steinmart filed for bankruptcy. Um, I think we're going to continue seeing those as well, and 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 I think there's this is an opportunity for those retailers to really kind of. I think it's not just doing. I mean, that's what that's what's happening today, but I think an opportunity to kind of think long term, really where they want to be with their business. I mean, we're still seeing some retailers struggle operationally to kind of handle the volume. And, you know, there is this underlying fear if a second wave comes in that's much, much stronger than the first, will, will grocery stores be asked to um, shut down and only uh, service their consumers through uh, curbside, click and collect, or delivery? I mean, we had that discussion on a webinar yesterday with one of the vice presidents from FMI. Um, so it's certainly on, on top of mind. Rick, I want to say thank you so much. Uh, for joining us and how do people get a hold of you
2: um, yeah so obviously you can find me on LinkedIn search for Rick Watson uh, you'll, you'll find me uh, the one with all the e-commerce uh, there uh, my my email address is uh, Rick at rmwcommerce.com or you can reach me on the web rmwcommerce.com the website so
0: perfect thank you so much Mark always amazing to record another episode with you
1: first one in the can
0: first one in the can ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning in really appreciate and do not forget to go ahead and visit our website uh, digitalgrocer.com and uh, like and subscribe on the social channels and this will be available on youtube and also on your favorite podcast player thank you everyone